This is Beckett Millhaven just saying hello. I'm Tom Becker. And I'm McGraw Millhaven. Good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to our podcast. Or good morning. I mean, you know, whatever you're, you're listening in the podcast. Now, of course, this podcast also airs on KTRS at night uh, on Thursday nights, right? So, um, uh, so you might be listening on the radio. If you're listening on the radio, uh, get the podcast wherever you find podcasts. Catch up on all our back ones. We're on Spotify. We're on iHeart. We're on iTunes. So uh, check us out. Becca and Millhaven, just saying. So, um, uh, what, 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 what is, I, you know, I've been so focused on the college world series, you know, living here in Omaha, but so focused on the college world series here. I, I'll be honest with you. I've not been paying as close attention to the news as I should have, uh, should be. I don't know. Who, that's won? A, Who won? Did LSU win or Florida LSU win? won? Yeah. Oh man. It was, it was a, okay. So throughout the series, like everybody's winning by like one or two runs throughout the series. Right. Well, then the best of three for the championship. Again, LSU, I think, won the first one by one or two runs. Second game, Florida comes back, blows them out like 24 to three or something. Just blows them out, yeah. right? So, yeah. you know, third game, you know, the the, uh, the one that determined the championship. LSU comes back and just boom. I think it was like 16 to two or something. It was not just. Oh, really? Yeah, LSU came back and they, there was, after like the second or third inning, there was no doubt. Uh, who was going to win? It was uh, it was it was a fun series. Uh, anyone who's never been to the College World Series should make it a point to head up to the College World Series. It is a good time and a great party. It it, it really is, and you haven't been up here in years, man. You got to get out here for another College World Series. I mean, you and I used to go, you know, back when it was at the uh, old Rosenblatt Stadium. Back, back in the before. old days. Uh, back in the old days. I mean, I remember. I remember you and I were there like as the thing really started to take hold. And we every year we would go and just be a little bit more amazed at how the crowds were and how things were growing. And uh, uh, compared to what we saw back in Rosenblatt, which was great, uh, the crowds and the atmosphere—it's a—it's uh, a brand new ball game here in Omaha. I mean, come on! Well, and, did, did you have any? Out. Did you have any Zestos? Is Zestos still around? You know what? I didn't go to Zestos down there. Although there's a Zestos on North 30th that I tend to frequent whenever I'm anywhere in the vicinity. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, that this was, was by the way. It was, this is by the way is like a, a soft served uh, ice cream place uh, here in town. So yeah. I, well, they also did like chicken, didn't they? Do Zesto's chicken too? Uh, no. 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 They did chicken. Oh. No. Well, it was like when it first got started, the ESPN announcers would like send an intern to go across the parking lot to Zesto's, and then they would come back. So it became famous just by being next to Rosenblatt Stadium. I mean, well, look, that the power of the media. Uh, I mean, when um, ESPN started covering the games, little by little, I mean, what it did for all of college baseball, actually, uh, was amazing. But uh, when ESPN started covering it, it uh, brought a whole new atmosphere to the College World Series, which up until that point had been there, been around. I mean, it's been in Omaha for like 60-some-odd years, 60, 70 years. But it never really been much of anything. But now it's uh, now it's a major, a major well, what's- you go back to ESPN, they were just looking for content yeah. at the time. And they were like, oh, College World Series, great. Two weeks of, of content, we'll, we'll take it. And so they started airing it. And, uh, you know, that's when they were in between the College World Series games, they were airing, you know, Budweiser boat races. Right. Um, so the College World Series was a step up. And I remember the first, I mean, you know, I mean, even even to this day, sometimes you're watching ESPN. They got some game on there, and it's like, what the hell is this? 
you know, who, who's, who's watching this? I mean, college football season, right? The, the, the bowl season now is a joke. The bowl season is a joke. I mean, it used to be, and, I, and again, I hate talking like this, but then I just talk like some old guy talking about how much better things were in the old days. And I hate being that guy, but I want to be will that be. guy. I want to be that guy. I mean, you know, what is it like from by December 23rd or something, uh, they, they they start showing bowl games and, hey, it's the Tuscaloosa Bowl. I mean, who the hell goes? There's like eight people in the stands. Yeah, but it's all for TV. They need TV. I know. So what are you complaining about? Well, because, because like, who's So don't watch it. Who's well, who watching cares? It? You're not watching it, so who cares? Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not with it's a sound out in sports bars all across the country, and that's about but, it. Did I tell you? So a couple of years ago, I was talking to a Anheuser-Busch executive that if I mentioned the name, they you would know who it was. But he told me a great story about ESPN. When ESPN first got started, um, they went to Anheuser-Busch, right? So this is what, 1980, 1981, right? This crazy idea of an all-sports cable network. Right. And they and they were in Bristol, Connecticut, because they could find cheap cheap rent and and, and cheap space. And um, so they went to Anheuser-Busch and they said, we don't have any money. We're, we're broke. So what do you want to do? We, we, you want to help us out here? And Anheuser-Busch said, here's what we'll do. Well, ESPN said, we need money and we need content. Do you have any ideas? And Anheuser-Busch said, we'll give you $1 million. This is in 1980 or 1981. Huh? We'll give you $1 million. For that $1 million, we will also give you and create um, boat races with this Anheuser-Busch boat. And so when you need programming, you can run these boat races that we will give you. We will produce. We'll film them. We'll produce them. All you have to do is air them. And so... Uh, ESPN said, and what else? And then Anheuser-Busch said, we'll give you $1 million. We'll give you these boat races. You can air whenever you want. And we want one 30-second commercial every hour in perpetuity on ESPN. And Anheuser-Busch, or excuse me, ESPN said, where do we sign? And they cut the deal. And that's why those Bud races, those weird boat races with the ESPN boat or with the Anheuser-Busch boat or the Bud- Budweiser boat mm-hmm. was so prevalent because they needed programming and Budweiser was just giving them programming. So they were airing it. And in perpetuity, they get a half a minute commercial every hour in perpetuity. I, you know, I don't watch ESPN that much to know if that's, if that's still running like that, but. Uh... Well, I'm sure. I, I don't know if it's a, yeah. I don't know if it, they changed the deal or anything, but. I mean, that's a pretty interesting story about how it all got came to be. And you know what, man? I'll tell you, cash is king. You know, you got the money. You can you can make uh, the room. No, you know? no yeah. yeah, no. It's like the story of the guy, the the um, uh, what was the guy Jeff? Uh, well, who's the guy who ran uh, started FedEx? Was it Mike Smith? Is that the guy's name? I, there's I, always there's always stories floating around where you know the guy needed money for fuel, and he said, "Look, I'll give you you know." $50,000 in FedEx stock, you give me $50,000 in fuel. And, you know, the people are like, no, I, I can't hand you, I can't hand you $50,000 in, in gasoline. I, I, I need, 
And it turns out that, you know, $50,000 in stock would be worth $8 billion today. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you find that here in Omaha, too. I mean, Omaha has got, uh, uh, there's a lot of rich people in this city. Uh, you know, you'll, you'll find this is like, you know, some old lady going, I met this man named Warren back in 1982. I gave him $10,000, and now I'm worth $538 million. Uh, You know, I was like, okay, nice job, lady. Yeah, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not uh, falling into any deals like that. Have you? Uh, no, I wouldn't be talking to your sorry <laughs> face on this thing. If, if I was sitting on $552 million, I would not be doing this podcast. Well, you know, that's just it. I mean, you look, you know, if I... If I had that kind of money, and this this would always has, has amazed me, and I don't know. I mean, I I don't the idea of doing nothing doesn't appeal to me, but it always amazes me when you got people like let's say like a Warren Buffett, the guy you know will never need to want for anything, right? He's not if he's not ninety, he's close to it. He's upper eighties, lower nineties, and he still goes to work every day, and I guess that's a healthy thing. But at the same token, it's like, man, what is enough enough? You know, I mean, he got that kind of money. Just go and hang out on the. Uh, yeah, on the but he he really doesn't really work every day. Reads and studies numbers. The guy's a numbers guy. The guy, I mean, it isn't like he he's laying brick or he's, you know, wiring some office building for electricity. So you're the guy's, saying you the guy's reading so you're reports. saying that you don't really work. Because you don't do anything. What do you do? You read the news. You comment on it. You take a few phone calls. You talk to me once a week on this podcast. Trust me, the one hour I spend with you is harder than the 40 hours I work on the radio. <laughs> no, I don't work. And don't don't tell anybody. Because even if I, cause I would do the same thing, even if I weren't getting paid, I'd read the news. I would talk about it. And I'd drive my friends crazy. This way, I just drive strangers crazy. <laughs> you know, I'll, t I'll tell you. Um, that's true. I mean, with my radio career and then the time I spent on TV, it really is. I mean, it, you know, I, I'm sort of taking a break from it right now. I don't know if I'll ever get back into it, but uh, when when doing it, it was um, a labor of love. Uh, you, you really can't, you really can't explain to somebody. Of course, everybody has their own things. Whatever their labor of love is, I hope I hope that anybody listening to this right now is doing a job that they love, because life is too long not to. Life is too short not to. Um, no, it's it's too long. It's, it's too long, it's, man. If you're, I mean, no. Look, if it was short, you could put up. You could put up with a crappy job if it was short. You know, hey, oh, I got a crappy job, and I'm only going to be doing it for three months. Okay, fine. Oh, I got a crappy job. I'm going to be doing it for the next thirty years. Oh, that's a whole different. That's a whole different. Well, but 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 hold on a second. There there are great jobs that are. Um, uh, like uh, pick a pick a job, right? That everybody would think they would love, right? There are things in every job that people dislike. There are things oh, sure. in the job, right? People want to be a world class athlete, right? You still have to put in, you know, hours at the gym and practice and get up at six o'clock in the morning and lift, 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 lift weights. Those things aren't fun, but you do it because you enjoy the payoff, right? I mean, there are things in in my job that I don't like doing. But I put up with them because I get to do the things that I love to do. I would love to be able to like interview people like Bruce Springsteen or Paul McCartney and have them give me an honest answer to this question. 
Do you ever get tired of singing Hey Jude? Do you ever get tired of singing Born to Run? Do you ever do you ever do you ever go before you go in front of a crowd of 30,000 people all screaming your name and buying your merchandise? Do you ever look at them in, in dread and just say, Well, here we go again? Because I, I think no matter, no matter how much you love your job, you know, there's gotta be days it's like, oh dear God, I don't want to do this. Well, I, I don't know if that's the correct answer, but I'd like to ask Bruce Springsteen. Is there things about your job you don't like? What don't you like about your job? Right? I mean, they talking to guys like you. <laughs> asking, answering stupid questions like this is what I hate. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I, but I mean, every job, right? You think when pick, pick your dream job, there would still be parts of that dream job, right? To be a pitcher for the New York Mets, you'd still have to get up at six o'clock in the morning and lift weights and run and exercise and, right? Deal with all that stuff and the pain and the travel and, that's really annoying. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's not, there's no job that's perfect. Uh, there's a guy here, I won't mention any names, guy here in town that had a, had a you know, really high profile job, uh, much like I it was when I was on the radio here. Right? We, were both, we were both really well known in, in, the, in media circles and all that. And he's bitching about his job. I was bitching about mine at the time. And then I look at him and said, you know, there are people in this town that wish they were us. <laughs> See, that's that's yeah, you know, that's yeah. my point. That's and we, my point. We we're both we we're both complaining about our about our jobs and that. So yeah. So, uh, so you, we got a break. I have a I have a topic I want to toss out uh, at you, but uh, we'll do it after the break. Oh, and I also heard you I listened to your show a little bit this morning, and you were talking about road trips. I want to talk about that, too. So a lot of other stuff coming up here. This is Beck and Millhaven just saying on the Big 550 KTRS. And I just mentioned KTRS on that, uh, going into that commercial break there. But actually, if you're a podcast listener, we're also on Spotify, iHeart, all that. So, yeah, listen on the podcast. Listen on. We are, we are multimedia. However you want us, we are here for you. I'm Tom Beck in Omaha. He's McGraw Millhaven in St. Louis. And you said you had something you wanted to talk about. What? What do you got? So Kelly Kelly Jackson on the show this week said something really interesting. We were talking about oh, wait, wait. Kelly Jackson, for people to know, is McGraw's co-host on his radio program on KTRS. Yeah. She's the uh she's the Charles McCord on the show, if you will. Um so <laughs> an inside radio comment that probably only eight people got, but that's okay. Yeah, but the eight people who got it enjoyed it, including Charles McCord's family and friends who thought it was nice. <laughs> I'm sure they're big listeners. <laughs> so she said something to me on the air that was really kind of interesting. And we were talking about how um, you can, the people don't believe the facts, right? And it, it came up because of the Jeffrey Epstein story, right? There's this inspector general a, a report that proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jeffrey Epstein committed suicide, right? And there was no, there was not, there was a comedy of errors, colossal mistakes were were made, but ultimately he committed suicide uh, and that was it. And we got people from the text line saying, I don't believe it, I don't believe it. Even after, right, everybody has studied it and investigated it. This person who's never seen the body, never investigated it, never looked at one piece of paper, just doesn't believe it. So we started talking about Things you believe versus things you don't believe. And she asked a really interesting question. She said, is there something in your life that you believe to be true that the rest of the world knows to be false? Mm. 
did anybody ever answer? Did they actually answer that? Because as I'm thinking about this, it's like, well, just because they think it's false, I'm the one that has the right answers. So, I mean, how? <laughs> well, I, no, no, no. You can you can say, you know, I know Donald Trump won the election, but the rest of the world knows it, knows that it's false, right? They think it's false. Yeah, but I'm not that stupid. I know that Donald Trump lost the election. Donald Trump knows he lost the election. I understand it, but there are some people who believe he won the election. So in that sense, someone would say, yes, I believe Donald Trump won the election, even though the rest of the world disagrees with me. Like, I don't believe they landed on the surface of the moon, but conventional wisdom and the rest of the experts out there believe man landed on the moon. Is there anything you believe that the rest that the rest of the world either either doesn't understand you, hasn't come to realize your brilliance, or doesn't believe you. Uh, I, I I'm trying to think. I mean, I don't I don't I, don't, I mean I, ooh, that's a, that's a very tough question. What was your answer? I didn't have one. I don't have one either. I mean, I, think, I don't I, I, didn't, I didn't have one. I just but that, yeah, that I goes, just... But that goes to my point. I mean, if you think if you if you think that um uh. You know, this is the truth. I mean, I, I look. I've talked. I've talked to a guy that believes the Earth is flat. All right. I mean, and I, trying to talk some sense to this guy, there is no way that you could convince him that the world was not flat. I understand he, that. He believes. Right. Wait. So, so in his world, in his world, maybe he would acknowledge that. I don't know. Or in his world, maybe he just associates with people that also think the world is flat. So therefore, in his little echo chamber, you know, there's only a few people outside that think it's round. Right, I understand it. But if you were to talk to the guy who says the who thinks the world is flat, he would have to admit, yes, I know the world is flat, but everybody out there thinks it's round. Yeah. Right? So you, you, you like 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 going back to Trump because right, so much of this is about politics today where. People just don't believe the facts in front of them, right? Um, you can be a Trump lover and love Trump and want to vote for, for Trump and, and think Trump's the greatest guy, but you have to acknowledge that there are many people who are Republicans who don't like the guy, right? I mean, you, you have to acknowledge, if you're a Trump lover, you have to acknowledge that there's a whole Republican world out there that despises this man and, and, and vice versa. If you despise Donald Trump, you have to acknowledge that there are people who love Donald Trump. You know, that, that question, though, becomes a little bit little, little different in that I'm, just, I'm thinking more and more about it. It's like there are things that, OK, like. I believe, I guess I believe that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone on the assassination of JFK. But you know what? There's part of me that thinks, no. It was the CIA. No, it was the mob. No, it was Cuba. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't have any proof of any of that stuff. All right? So I will believe, based on the evidence, I believe that, you know, from what I've seen, what I've been told, what, what you know, the, the documentation shows, and, you know, even all those uh, documents that have been, that were stored away for, you know, years and years and years are now coming out and still looks like Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. There's still a part of me that thinks, like, but what if, you know, what, is it, you know, I mean, really think about it, you know, I mean, having, having the president taken out by a mob boss because uh, the president was messing with your girlfriend. I mean, that's a great story, 
Why would why, why wouldn't you want to believe that? It's a great story and a great yarn. Too bad it's not true. Yeah. And people, and people want to don't want to believe that some crazy madman with a rifle was able to shoot the president of the United States for no other reason than he was mentally insane. That doesn't that doesn't make any sense. We'd much rather believe CIA, Cuba, Fidel Castro, you know, whatever else. But again, but but you just said it. Do you believe Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone or or do you not? I have no proof otherwise. So I will say he acted alone. Yeah. Even though you want to believe something else. Huh. I don't know that I want to. Maybe there part maybe there is a part of me that wants to. Maybe there's a part of me that that, that that wants to believe something else in that. There's a part of me that wants to believe that, you know, I mean, I'm not I'm not like so stupid like that um, you know, that I think the the walking on the moon was staged or something like that. I don't want to believe that it was staged or you know, some of those things. But I don't know, there, there's there's a part of me that just says, okay, even with Epstein, even with Jeffrey Epstein, the evidence shows, evidence shows that yes, he committed suicide, and it's not far-fetched to believe that there were people working in the jail cells that were not necessarily all that um, career-minded, all that motivated workers, all you know, they're just maybe maybe they're you know little short staff, don't care, not paying attention, and let the guy hang himself. What the hell do I care? Sort of an attitude. That's very 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 plausible and believable. But then again, there's a part of me in the back of the mind that wants to think, but you know. Clinton they got to him. Killed. They got they got to him to shut him up. They got to him to shut him up. Yeah. Well, there's Trump, a was, president. Was, there's a, there's, Trump there's was president. Trump was president. There's a part of me. There's a part of me that's in. Although I don't, you know, I don't believe it because I don't have any evidence to prove it otherwise. But I'll be honest. There's a part of me that says, you know, but what if? And I think you've always had to have that. But what if question? But then, unless you, you don't find any answers to that what if question, then you got to go with the answers that are evident, the answers that are there. But that's you know that you you then you quickly go down a rabbit hole because now now you believe you know pharmaceutical companies all they're there is to make money. They don't care if they hurt you, right? Big business doesn't care. They'll dump toxins in all the big businesses will dump toxins in the water because they don't care. Right. I mean, you just go down this rabbit hole and you end up a conspiracy theorist convinced that, you know, your your local grocer is trying to poison you. Well, you know, this is, I got to this discussion actually yesterday, oddly enough, with somebody about this. Part of the problem is and we're all guilty of this to some extent. Right. Somebody from some group, you pick the group, political party, uh, sexual demographic, uh, race, uh, whatever you pick the group, somebody from that group does something Horrendous. Therefore, they're all like that. Yeah, that's true. You've, too, got, yeah. you've got you've got a corrupt politician. So then people think that all politicians are corrupt. No, they're not. You've got a bad police officer. Therefore, all police officers are bad. No, they're not. You know, you've got you've got you know one <laughs> you you've got a, a a latent homosexual congressman. You know that, that does a white stance in a Minneapolis bathroom. So you think all the senators, I guess, all Republican senators are latent homosexuals? No, they're not. Okay, I mean, you know, but but when you do that, you find the, these things, and you find one person that acts that way, and then you attribute that to the whole group. Yeah, no, that's that's you know, yeah, you have one transgender person doing something nefarious, and all of a sudden, yeah, they're all doing it. Yeah, no, I mean that's a that's a groupthink mentality. It's a it's a lazy way of thinking. It's a lazy way that politicians 
use it to score cheap points. It's a lazy way to to keep us angry. So we'll keep sending the money. Um, you know, that's just a sort of a byproduct of well, that's you know, basically oh, what Hitler did, right? The Jews. You know, mm-hmm. you're not the one at fault. It's it's the Jews problem. Yeah. The Jews are the ones who did it, right? I mean, that's what that's what Hitler did on a level that was 10 times, you know, worse than, you know, blaming, you know, whatever. But uh, or, or even what Donald Trump's doing, he's like, they're coming after you. I'm just standing in their way. Right. No, no, Donald, they're coming after you. You're the one that broke the law. Right. You're the one that broke the law. You're the one that, you know, they got caught with the, the documents. You're the one that's on audio saying that, yeah, you know, look at all this. I got, I got, I got these uh, you know, papers are rattling. You know, I got, look at these documents here. This is Iran. We're going to go invade Iran. They wanted me to invade Iran. Look, I shouldn't be showing you this. It's top secret. It's top secret, but I shouldn't be showing you this. So, you know, but he goes up there and then says, they're coming after me because they want to get to you. Yeah. And people buy buy into that. And it's like, no, 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 no. There, there's, I mean, do you understand how, and this is true for any president, people that want to blame Biden for, you know, inflation. It's worldwide inflation, right? People want to blame, people want to blame Dr. Fauci for the pandemic. It's a worldwide pandemic. You know, I mean, it, it's not like one person has got all that control to create all these problems, right? Sometimes things just happen. And sometimes, you know, you, you, you can't just pin it on one person or one thing or one group of people. I have a dear friend of mine. Um, and during the pandemic, we got into a conversation and she was convinced no like maybe no i don't know i read this art convinced that the covid vaccine had a transmitter in it so that the government could track you Mm -hmm. and there was no convincing her otherwise there was no like let's think about this Where's the battery source, right? (laughs) A GPS signal needs a battery. It needs some type of computer chip, right? You can't, how would this work? How would you recharge the battery? You know, don't you think somebody would mention it? No, they they weren't getting the COVID vaccine because they didn't want a microchip implanted in their system by the government. Yeah. How do you talk to somebody like that? And by the the way, Probably a very intelligent person otherwise. Oh, my goodness. No, very, very learned, very smart, very intelligent, very, you know, I, they're a friend of mine. Clearly, they're 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 brilliant, right? But it's the same thing of, you know, they would you just rather... Call, you just call me brilliant. <laughs> they, they, would, they would rather believe that the CIA killed Kennedy than actually look at the facts. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, going back to the Kennedy thing, uh, I think I've told this story before. You know, I interviewed uh, Roger. Um, what, what's what's his face? Um, uh, Roger Moore. Roger. Roger no, Moore. Not, huh? Roger Moore. No, Roger Moore. Roger Moore was James Bond. No. Um, uh, Roger Stone. Roger Stone. I interviewed Roger Stone, who had written a book blaming LBJ for killing Kennedy. I mean, I, I didn't know who Roger Stone was at the time. All right, and and I interviewed this guy, and it's like, 
oh, this guy's a real nut job. It was fun. To, <laughs> it was fun to talk to because he was such a nut job. It was it was, it was good radio because he was such a nut job. But at the same time, it was like, oh no, this guy's a real nut job. Well, when when but, you but, would... but, he, but he put he puts his stuff out there and he gets a, you know a few people to believe it, and then the next thing you know, you know they're believing that the election was stolen. Well, you know they when when. Um... When John Bolton says something to buy a, you know, to sell, oh, he's just selling a book. When Roger Stone says something to sell his book, oh, I believe it, right? Yeah. You believe what you want to believe. When we went to the book depository, the, it might have been Roger Stone, actually, but there was somebody shilling a book on the corner and had like five or six people captivated with this yarn that we were, I was sort of eavesdropping listening to. And I was thinking to myself, this guy is spewing some serious, serious garbage. And these five or six people were lapping it up right there in Dallas, right in front of the book depository building. But sometimes it's a lot more fun to believe the um oh, hold on a second. We'll let it this out. Hi, this is Tom. Now, where were we? I I I had to take a break because I got an important phone call I had to take. So we was, I thought we had a flow going here with the real stream of consciousness conversation. Something and, about uh, the book depository building and Kennedy assassination and Roger Stone. Yeah, yeah. But but sometimes, sometimes the, the you know, the, well, this is, a, this is a perfect example. This is a great psychological profile. And, I, and I, you know, sometimes I forget who I tell these stories to. So if this is a story I told on a previous podcast, I apologize for repeating myself, but it it bears repeating and it merits this conversation. During the last election, somebody posted on, on his Facebook page and I saw it in the feed. And I forget what the lie was, but it was just one of some bogus, totally bogus, untrue story. And so I wrote the guy and said, hey, look, dude, you know, what you're saying isn't true. Uh, here's the facts. Go and, you know, take please take down your post. Because I was very concerned about all this, you know, all, all these alternative facts they were floating around, right? All this fake news. So, so would you please take down your post? It's not true. And he was very nice when he said, oh, thanks, Tom, for the information, but I'm not going to take it down because I like the way it makes me feel. And that's the thing, pretty much with all news, you know, I, I, I pay attention to this news story because I like the way it makes me feel. I mean, if you're if you're really into war, you're going to pay attention to what's going on with the attempted coup in Russia, right? But if you don't care about that sort of thing, uh, you don't care about international politics, then you're paying attention to the uh, you know latest uh, Kardashian story. Or, oh, Ryan Seacrest is now going to be Wheel of Fortune's host and Vanna White's pissed. Oh, boy. So you pay attention to that story instead because you like the way it makes you feel. Why is, why is Vanna upset? Oh, she is evidently she hasn't gotten a raise in like forever. Uh, they've given her bonuses and stuff, but they haven't given her a raise. And now that now that uh, you know, uh, what's his face is gone, um, you know, she just figures like, hey, you know, I I can maybe uh party this into some uh, into some money for some continuity. Well, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if Sony Pictures is thinking, yeah, we got Ryan Seacrest in now, we'll bring in some other young model and just start all over again. She's making three million dollars for changing. I mean, her job is obsolete through technology, right? They don't need to change the the. They don't need to move the the needles anymore. The 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 letters. So she should be her pay should be cut, not raised. 
I mean, seriously, if, I, if, I, if they were paying me that kind of money to do what Vanna White does, I bitch to you about it, and I and I would bitch. I bitch. I bitch to like you know she's probably hanging out with all these other rich people, you know. So it's like you know, can't believe they're only paying me three million dollars, and I gotta work a whole twenty five days a week, a day days a year, because you know I mean they they. They go and they do like five shows a day, right? No, no, no. They they go in and do like fifteen shows for the month. They do they they do one show and it lasts a month. They just do like twenty episodes. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and one, yeah. they do all these different shows, but they yeah. they go and they uh, they record it all like in one day and stuff. Yeah, that yeah. that's what we should do. We should just record a podcast like ten in a row, so I don't have to see you for like ten weeks. You know, you can just turn off the camera. Uh, we have to break, young man. Okay, take a quick break here. More coming up. This is Beck and Melhaven just saying on the Big 550 KTRS. Also, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. We are back. I'm Tom Beckett. He's McGraw Milhaven. I'm in Omaha. He's in St. Louis. And uh, I was listening to your radio show this morning, and you were talking about road trips. Yes. You got your sisters coming to town to visit you? Uh, they're all coming in, planes, trains, and automobiles. And yesterday, one of them took off from Scottsdale. Uh, spent the night in Albuquerque on their way to Tulsa, on their way to St. Louis. And you're tracking her online, right? On the Find a Friend's phone app. I know where she stayed in Albuquerque last night. It's the weirdest thing in the world. I know when she got up and started like leaving to, and I'm like, hey, why don't you guys get on the road? It, 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 it's already seven o'clock in the morning. And she's like, stop watching me. We're getting on the road in a minute. That That technology and... Uh, no, 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 to make that work, correct me if I'm wrong, to make that work, she has to like give you access and you have to ask for access or how does that right, work? So that right. So she, she allows me to track her on the find a friend app, which is really just your find a phone app, right? Find your phone. you you give access to yourself that if you lose your phone, you can find your phone. So that's, it, they give me their, their permission to use their GPS, I guess. And I'm watching them driving down Interstate 40 out of Albuquerque. Okay, you mentioned find the phone. Uh, this happened to me. That happened to me what? Maybe uh, last uh, last Sunday or Monday. So I thought I had my phone with me, right? And I go and I said, I don't have my phone with me. Well, it's trying to be in the car here, right? And I ran into a convenience store. I ran into a convenience store, and um, then I go back in the car and I'm on my phone. I can't find my phone. So I'm checking the car. It's not there. I go to the convenience store. It's not there. I, you know, the bathroom. It's not there. I'm looking all over the phone. Can't find the phone. Can't find the phone. Can't find the phone. My find the phone app is on my iPad, which is back at home. Right. So it's like the phone should be in my car, but it's not here. But where is it? Did somebody steal my phone? So now I'm like panicking the whole time. Uh, so I get back home and find out the phone was indeed in my car, just sort of stuck between the seats. I couldn't find it, you know, and then they, I had it play the ringtone and I got the damn thing, but, but it wasn't all that long ago when it would have just been, you know, miserable for me. I would have thought for sure I would have lost my phone. I would have bought a new phone. And then six months later, I would have found it in my car. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. First of all, did you use the find a phone app to tell you that it was in the car? Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, okay. I, so I, I had, I had went, to drive home. I had to drive home to get to my iPad to find out where my phone was. 
Gotcha. And, and when you went to your iPad, then it said it's in your, your car. Basically. Yeah, so it's like, right here, idiot, you know. And okay, then, and so then you went and looked at Okay, which yeah. is interesting because I've seen your car and I've seen your house. And it's somewhat uh, somewhat like an archaeological dig in your car. So I don't think it would have taken you six months to find your phone. I think you'd be dead and maybe 40,000 years from now when uh, somebody is doing an archaeological dig that first would find all, your car and then find all, your car. First of all, I, I, I am guilty as charged. If you want to talk about the Tom Becker from 1999, I'm guilty as charged. I My car used to be a mess. I could care less. It's just I lived in my car, okay? But in the last seven, eight, nine years, my car is spotless. By the way, I, I I even have I even have one of those uh, I bought like the monthly um, subscriptions to a car wash, so like I'm washing my car three times a week now. Yeah, what what, what about the inside? Yeah, well that's it. If I'm if I'm washing my car, I just pull over and take all the trash out and throw it out. Yeah, I mean I'm right. It's all right there. So yeah, so, so my, my car is. The only reason why you don't have any more newspapers in your car is because they don't make newspapers. <laughs> They don't make newspapers in print anymore. They still make fast food bags, and they're not in the car either. <laughs> I will admit, no, I will admit, I I was just, yeah, you know. Uh, do you still do you still have the health rider in your living room? <laughs> do you really want to? Do you really want to start this battle of going no. down? I'm going down a uh, little idiosyncrasies of personalities that uh, I was just I, 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 somebody on the text line wanted to know if Tom still had his health rider in his yeah room, yeah no all. do you really want to go down this battle do you want to start no this? no no just okay, yeah, just right, checking okay right. yeah we you and I both have uh, you know uh, <laughs> mutually assured destruction precisely precisely <laughs> you know so uh... <laughs> God love you I want to. Going back to fake news, I think we should st start a website that just gives sports fans all the news they want. So, like, they're, if they're a fan of the New York Mets, the Mets win the World Series last year and they were 162 and 0, right? I mean, just, 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 just tell them the news they want to hear, like, like, like politics. Just say the Cardinals won last night. Say the New York Jets are four-time Super Bowl champs. Just just tell them the news they want to hear. Okay, let me ask you this. You do talk radio. We do this podcast. We're also both on social media and, and that. Have you ever wanted to go and say, let me try to start a rumor and see if it catches fire? No. I never did it, but I thought about it. I thought about it. I thought, I thought, I wonder, I wonder if I could get people to believe that, I don't know, they were, they were, they were, they were you know, giving away, uh, you know, uh, $50 bills down at Memorial Park and seeing people like would just show up at Memorial Park. You know, I, I, I thought about, or, or just some, some sort of, um, uh, you know, the, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the, the governor, the governor used to be a woman, you know. I mean, just something like that. Well, that's and, you know, that's how start some rumor and just you know. That's how Letterman started calling Arnie Barnes in Omaha. Back in the day, remember that? Remember Arnie Barnes? No. 
David Letterman on the show when he was on NBC after Carson mm-hmm. said, we're going to start a rumor and pulled out the Omaha phone book and picked a name at random. And then random name he picked was Arnie Barnes. He called Arnie Barnes. Arnie Barnes was home. He called him and he sort of, it was this sort of, you know, nondescript sort of, you know, not funny, funny guy on the other line. Yeah. And they tried to start a rumor that, you know, Dan Rather was seen, you know, naked at four o'clock in the morning in Omaha. And they wanted this Arnie Barnes to start this rumor. And it became it, it became such a bit that Arnie Barnes became a character on the David Letterman show. I don't remember that. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, we're going back. I mean, we're going back to the mid eighties. Yeah, I don't remember that yeah. one, but I, but I'll tell you what: if you haven't done this, treat yourself to this. Because I know you're a Letterman fan as I am. Treat yourself to this. They've got a whole series where they have Letterman staff members talking about their memories and their favorite uh, bits. And there was a lot of a lot of the Letterman staff members wound up being on the show, so they would talk about the times that they were on the show. Or they would tell some of the behind-the-scenes stories of the time, you know, how they how they set up the equipment when Paul McCartney played on the roof or whatever. And they oh, wow. they tell these stories. It's a sort of thing, it's it's a sort of a YouTube rabbit hole that I find myself in from time to time where I just can't get enough of this. So it's it's a YouTube, it's just people. The YouTube, yeah. Letterman Letterman's actually doing an awful lot of YouTube stuff these days. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Uh that's really interesting. Uh Letterman is the gold standard. Letterman was was so insanely good on so many levels. He was uh, our generation's gold standard. A, a couple of years ago, or we're going back 20 years, I guess, when he had his triple bypass, for some reason, we were able, like that night, it was a big story, and we were able to talk to one of his staffers about, you know, the news on on whatever they were offering, you know, David Letterman's, you know, assistant assistant director to talk about yeah. David Letterman and whatever. And this guy was on the air and couldn't have been any nicer. And he said something really interesting to me. He said, we were asking him about whatever. And I asked him, like, hey, what's it like to work on The Letterman Show? And he's like, look, he's like, and I mean this with all due respect. He goes, you guys think of David Letterman as this big, huge star. He's like, we really just treat him as Dave. And we have such reverence for him, but he's such a normal guy and so takes care of us that he's just our buddy Dave. You know, it was I was I was like, wow, that's a really that's a nice testament to your boss to say he's just one of, you know, he doesn't put on any airs, he's just a regular guy. I'm friends with uh I mean not like close friends, but friendly uh with uh, Eddie Brill, who used to be Letterman's uh, warm-up comic yeah. for uh, 17 years. And uh and Eddie had always said, you know, similar things, you know. I mean, there was uh you know, there, there, there's always behind the scenes drama that goes on with any operation. You know, you've got it at your radio station. Every every radio station has it. Every every broadcast or something has some behind the scenes drama. But overall, overall, you know, Dave. I mean, you know, he, he sort of kept to himself to a large extent, which you sort of understand. But you got everybody coming at you. But uh, but everybody seemed to think that yeah, he was you know uh, pretty good guy to work for. I mean, you know, these people stayed with him. I mean, how many? Look, some some of his closest people there stayed with him. You know, the whole time. You know, twenty five yeah. years, thirty years. Yeah. Well, he ended up marrying one of his staffers, right? Didn't he have sex with his staff? No, 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 no. no. He wanted to have an affair with one of his staffers. Oh, okay. Somebody else. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, yeah. All right. There you go. Yeah. All, All right. right. We're done. We got. Are we're we done. Out. We're done. All right. Well, then, uh, I, I think we I think it was a, this was a good one, right? We had a good show. 
overall? Yeah. I mean, I haven't had any affairs with my staffers, but besides that, it's all right. <laughs> is there somebody there that you'd like to have an affair? No, I, I was just, I was just trying oh, wait to. A minute, wait, a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on a second. I remember when you were working here in Omaha. Oh, that's right. We're not going to go in that mutually destructive sort of a thing. Uh, she wasn't a staffer. <laughs> Coworker. Coworker. Well, we're all guilty of that at some point, aren't we? <laughs> and on that note, uh, we will. Uh, th- thanks for listening. Uh, we we appreciate it. Thanks for joining us here on this. Uh, one of uh, 8,322,000 podcasts. Uh, we understand you have a lot of, we understand you have a lot of choices to make. And we appreciate it when you fly Southwest and when you listen to Becca and Millhaven, just saying. Till next time. So long, everybody. A Huda Media Production.